You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to First Bite, our Detroit Lions preview podcast that's part of Pride of Detroit and our Pride of Detroit podcast. Welcome to the show. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the host, the co-host of First Bite, our preview podcast, as I said, and we are previewing week 11 Detroit Lions versus Carolina Panthers. Kind of a big game. Before we get into all that, let me introduce my co-host for the show. Ryan Matthews is with us at Ryan underscore POD. Ryan, how you doing tonight? I'm holding on to playoff dreams, Jeremy Reisman. How are you? Are you really? Why not? <laughs> Such a turnaround from Sunday. Okay, I, I'm. You know what? <laughs> I'm a dreamer, so I'm I'm holding on to hopes as well. Uh, <laughs> to help us preview the Carolina Panthers this week, we have a very special guest. He is a 14-year NFL veteran. He's a two-time Super Bowl winner, and he's the current host of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. Tyrone Poole joins us tonight. Tyrone, how you doing, man? Hello, guys. Thank you for having me on your show. It's wonderful to be talking to the Lions fans. So, you know, and we're in Michigan now. You know, I'm I'm rooting for the Panthers, the team that brought me into the NFL. But being on your show allows me to be in Detroit, Michigan. So, <laughs> man, but, but, but technology, technology is awesome. It's awesome. It is. <laughs> we get to actually see some Super Bowl trophies back there. That I mean, I'm a Lions fan. I don't get to see that sort of stuff. That's very foreign to us, Tyrone. <laughs> yeah, those things are hard to come by, man. Back to back also. But you guys do have a coach in Matt Patricia who does know a little bit about how to win championships. He's been around those Super Bowl trophies. I mean, that that's a perfect segue into, into what I wanted to talk about right away. You, you played three seasons with the New England Patriots back in the day. There's a tiny bit of overlap there with Matt Patricia. I know at the time he was on the offensive side of the ball. Do you have any sort of relationship with him or, or any kind of, you know, opinion of him and, and, and what he's done in his career? Oh, yeah, yeah. Matt Patricia's a great guy. Uh, you know, we, we talked. Actually, this is how we talked. Uh, you know, the Carolina Panthers have a, a well, with this pandemic, no one has done anything. You know, there are even no fans, minimum fans in the state in the stands. But what the Carolina Panthers would do, they would have a, a an annual um, guys that played alumni uh, with alumni come back to a game. And usually the Panthers are playing the Patriots. Uh, you know, we played them in Super Bowl 38. So how ironic is that? But usually that third, second preseason game, the Panthers versus the Patriots. And 
uh, Matt Patricia, you know, I walk on the field. Of course, the alumni will be on the field. So I will go over and say hello to everybody. And, you know, Matt Patricia, you know, we all hug, you know, Bill Belichick, you know, we high-fiving and everything like that, seeing some of the old uh, teammates and seeing those uniforms and those helmets again kind of just brought back memories. But uh, Matt Patricia's a good guy, good dude, good coach. Um, you know, I know he's struggling, you know, when he first got there. But, you know, give him time, just like with Bill Belichick. You know, they kicked him out of – Cleveland too too quick, <laughs> and he went on to New England to win no championship. So fans got to have a little bit more patience with coaches. You know, it's, it's not easy just to bring a system and and implement it right away. It got to grow just like a seed. You got to plant it. Yeah, well, speaking of not, you know, being easy as a transition, uh, we got a rookie cornerback over in Detroit named Jeffrey Okuda. And being a cornerback yourself, Tyrone, talk about what that transition is like being a rookie cornerback and, you know, making that step into the NFL. Okuda, he's had his ups, he's had his downs. What is it like to be a rookie cornerback in the NFL all of a sudden going against, you know, the top wide receivers in the league? What's that like? Well, Okuda, you know, he's doing what he is supposed to do in this young season of his career. I'm pretty sure he's going to have a long career. Uh, but I'm pretty sure what Okuda is experiencing is what I experienced. Now, I think I might have experienced it a little bit tougher because I came from an HBCU and all we did was play man to man. Man, that's all I knew. Wherever my man goes, I'm there. To- <laughs> You're following him, right? <laughs> exactly. If he sees, I'm there to say, bless you. You know, <laughs> I'm there to say, okay, here's your water. So uh, when I got to the NFL, uh, it was a totally different beast for me. Uh, and I played nickel as well. So uh, I always tell people I played what Rod Wilson did, or the same thing he did in Pittsburgh. I would play the nickel uh, on third down, and then I would go to the outside on first and second down. So you're talking about learning curve. So I'm, I'm pretty sure Kuda, you know, it's, it's probably the same for him. It's just learning the terminology, uh, coming from a situation where in college you might have dominated and probably was the best person on the field. But, man, you got offensive linemen, defensive linemen that can run 4-4, four, 4-5 four, four, these days. So you're no longer the fastest guy, the biggest guy, the smartest guy. So it's all about who is prepared the most for that uh, particular game. And you're going to have your ups and downs. You know, those receivers get paid uh, just as well as the defensive back. And it's supposed to be 11 best versus the 11 best and they're going to make plays the thing is that okuda just got to remember is don't get down keep your mentality where it is there's an old saying they say with defensive backs you got to have short memory well i've added on to that you got to have short memory okay you want to forget what happened on the last play but you do not want to forget what they did and how they <laughs> on that last play. Because in the NFL, it is a repeat league. Repeat. They will come back and test you again uh, and see if you fixed it. So, But he's doing good. Yeah. That's some great advice, yeah. It is. And, and Matt Patricia says it all the time. It's copycat league, copycat league. And and I do think, you know, Jeff Okuda is the kind of person, at least by, by watching his demeanor when he plays, he's that level-headed guy. He isn't going to let – you know, a mistake, get him down. And so in that sense, I'm with you. I, th- I think he will have a long career ahead of him as well. 
Um, but let's talk a little bit about the Panthers. Let's talk about them because they're going through a bunch of changes. Um, last year, they, they fire Ron Rivera towards the end of last season. I think it was a bit of a surprise to many, but a lot of people were a big fan of their hire of, of Matt Rule. He, I know he had that like really pump up kind of introductory press conference. So we're, we're halfway through his first season at this point. What are your initial thoughts on him uh, and, and, and the results on the field? Well, I think what Matt Rule has done in this, again, uh, COVID-19 situation, this pandemic situation, they didn't have a mini camp, didn't have any OTAs, and and this has been for all 32 teams. So the coaches that actually are the smartest, you're beginning to see now what and how smart they really are because their teams are portraying on the field what has happened in the locker room, and again, with this unprecedented situation, but a record doesn't, I want to say this too, a record doesn't indicate the greatness or how bad a team is, because you got teams out there who got good records, and really, if you look at it, they really haven't played nobody, but then you got teams that have bad records, bad records, and they really are a real good team, because their schedule is so tough, so the Panthers, you know, they're in a tough division, uh, even though the Falcons are basically down. But the Falcons got the talent that they're just one play away from being undefeated like the Steelers. Uh, then you got the Saints and the Bucks. So I think what Matt Rule has done coming into Carolina under the circumstances, I think he's giving the Carolina Panthers hopes. He, he's giving the organization hope. So I think with him coming in and having young players, he was the right coach for the youth of this team. Yeah, and I, I, I think you're totally spot on with that, Tyrone. I mean, when you look at Matt Rule and the type of work that he's done in the past, he really he cut his teeth as an you know, an offensive quality assistant, an off, offensive coordinator. He he worked with Temple and then he, you know, worked with the New York Giants and all the way up to Baylor as being a head coach. And now all of a sudden he's tasked with, you know, reinventing this Carolina offense after Cam Newton. He gets Teddy Bridgewater. What type of improvements have you seen in the Carolina offense or, or what 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 is the Carolina's offense as as a whole? Well, I think first and foremost, it starts with Teddy Bridgewater. You know, when they came in, Matt Rule, Joe Brady, they said, OK, this is the type of offense I want to run. OK, Cam, you know, hey, he has a certain type of way that he play. But in order to run this offense, we need someone different. So they went out and got Teddy Bridgewater. And I think Teddy Bridgewater is really accurate. You know, he's efficient. And that's what he's shown. You know, you look at his passing uh, completion ratio, he's probably in the top three. I know he's in the top three. So that's the first thing. They say we got to get a quarterback. That's where it starts, even in Detroit. You know, uh, uh, Matt Stafford, if you're going to win and have a winning organization, you got to get that person who pulls that ball from up under that center's butt <laughs> and <probably laughs> whether he's underneath or he's in the gun, but that's the person that's going to make your offense win or die. Just ask the Patriots, you know, Tom Brady and Coach Belichick, you know, Tom Lees, you know, now the, the Patriots are kind of struggling, but that quarterback is very important. And running back, you know, they had uh, Christian McCaffrey, he's injured, but, you know, they got other guys that can step in. Wide receivers, you know, they got great guys, uh, DJ Moore, you know, uh, Robbie Anderson, you know, Curtis Samuel, you know, these guys uh, have potential to really break the game open. And the tight end, of course, they really don't play with a tight end, so to speak, with those wide receivers. But, you know, they do have uh, uh, Ivan uh, Thomas. So uh, but 
I think the, the, the Panthers offensively, they've done what they uh, were expecting to do. You know, they are scoring, I think, around about 27 uh, points or 23 points a game. Uh, let me take that back. 23 points a game. So they probably want to score more points. Uh, but as far as the offense, I think Matt Rule and Joe Brady, they are saying, hey, we are where we expected to be and probably are ahead of the curve. Yeah. Just finally starting to put their stamp on it. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting. Yeah, the, the team, as you said, 23 points per game, which is, I think, around 21st in scoring in the NFL. But they're seventh in DVOA's efficiency metric, which kind of tells me maybe the issues are kind of on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe they're not holding on to the ball long enough because the defense is struggling. So let's move our focus to that side of the ball. Um, I think I think some of the struggles are, are understandable at this point. They went through a lot of, of you know, personnel change. I think I read somewhere the average age of the starters on defense is 23.5 years old. So that's a really, really young team. What are you, what's your outlook of the defensive performance that so far is it, is it just, there's a bunch of young guys trying to learn in a shortened off season year? Yeah. Well, you know, defense, defense is one of those uh, units when you compare offensive unit, defensive unit, defense. And I played defense uh, started for 12 years. Uh, so I think I know what I'm talking about here. Um, <laughs> defense is one of those units where, you know, you're basically just trying to be aggressive. You're basically trying to just disrupt the offense. And yes, there's a learning curve on the defense, but you can have a longer long learning curve on defense than offense. Uh, defense, again, you can come knock the ball out, cause a fumble, get an interception, just be in the right place at the right time. But I can say this, once your defense starts to click, Oh, that's a beautiful thing. You get three and outs and you get off the field very quickly. But when your defense is young and you're still gelling, then you're going to see your defense staying on the field a little bit longer. Uh, it was like that when I was with the, uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, our defense uh, in 98, when I got to the Colts, uh, we were very young. And 98, we gave up a lot of points. We came back in 99. They added Edron James on offense. We picked up a few more people on defense, and now defense is, is phenomenal. Same thing in Carolina in 95. Uh, we started out young, uh, not young, but a veteran team, but young in the sense that nobody knew each other. And then you come around 96, we get a few more pieces added here. Now everybody understands the defense. Now we're one game away uh, from the Super Bowl, you know, knocking off in that year, the Dallas Cowboys who had won the Super Bowl the previous year. So I think the Panthers defensive line, you know, they started out cold, but now begin, I think they're beginning to warm up, you know, losing uh, Luke Kinkley at linebacker. I think that was a big blow. But, you know, you got guys that are veteran uh, that can uh, uh, step up. And in the secondary, uh, you know, you just got to continue to make plays. You know, they're going to, like we talked about uh, with Jeff, you know, guys going to make plays on you in the secondary. But Eric Bostic, you know, he's a guy in the secondary that still can keep that unit together. So I think overall it's a bright future for the Carolina Panthers. Well, that's a great transition into my next question, um, Tyrone, is that, you know, the Carolina Panthers are three and seven right now. And you talk about, you know, losing Luke Keekley, that's a huge loss for the middle of your defense. How far away do you think the Panthers are away from contending for the playoffs, so to speak? I mean, that's a really competitive NFC South. How far away do you think they are from contending? And, and I'm glad you you, you mentioned that, um, Ryan, because, again, I go back to 95. 
um, being an original Carolina Panther, I was the first defensive <laughs> selection for the Carolina Panthers, uh, which is an honor. And Kerry Collins was the first ever offensive selection <laughs> in team history. So I've seen what we did and I've been around building from the ground up from scratch. You know, it's almost like they say when people cook, you know, did you make this uh, from scratch or did you go get uh, Betty Crocker and, you know, add some <laughs> You know, get some water to it, and then put it in the oven. So, well, well, d- don't you think that's the case when you get a new head coach too? Well, it, it is, it is, and 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 it isn't. Um, it, it is because you are trying to learn one another, but it isn't because you got a coach who got experience, and the turnaround could be very, very fast. But again, I've been there where we started from the ground up, and all it takes is just getting. Half of the half of what you need on offense, half of what you need on defense as far as personnel. And then next year, knowing, you know, where your weaknesses were uh, the previous year and going out, finding those pieces. And again, I go back to 95 first ever season. We come back in 96. We add Kevin Green. Uh, we add uh, a few. We add Eric Davis. Uh, next thing you know, our defense is the tops in the league. And we are leading in quarterbacks. I think we led in quarterback sacks. And uh, we were right up in the top with uh, interceptions. So it, all it takes is to have a smart coach, which I believe Matt Rule is. Uh, and then they're going to study what they need for the upcoming season. And I expect the Carolina Panthers to be prowling and growling and scratching for a, uh, a title in the South uh, very soon, hopefully next year. Yeah, and I, I kind of get a sense that's what fans feel like for for a team with only uh, you know a handful of wins so far. Uh, I think people are really impressed with what what I mean. Really, not just Panthers fans all across. I, I think a lot of people really. I mean, Lions fans are already kind of head coach searching, and and Joe Brady is a name that I've seen come up a lot because a, a lot of people like what they're doing with that offense. Um, but let, let's move into the injury report before we head to our first break here. Obviously, this is a, a very important injury list for both teams. Um, but let, let's start out with the Panthers. They've already ruled out Christian McCaffrey. So let, let me know, what, what does the offense look like without Christian McCaffrey? How, how has Mike Davis looked, in your opinion? Because, I mean, they haven't had McCaffrey for almost every game this season. Well, you know, Running the ball, running the ball is very key to me. I still think this league is a run league, even though they're trying to pass the ball. But if you want to win championships, you see teams go back to the old school. So what Mike does bring, Mike Davis, he brings that ability to run. He and Christian McCaffrey are two different types of beasts. You know, one is thunder, the other one is lightning. Even though uh, Mike is on about five nine, but he brings a little bit more weight. I think he's around 220. So uh, when they need to bear it down and run it, not saying that Christian McCaffrey couldn't do that, but when you have a guy who's built more like that, then you can run the ball. But, of course, uh, Christian McCaffrey, it was hard to defend him. Uh, you know, he's like uh, a Kamara uh, with the uh, Saints. You know, he basically you got to plan your offense to stop the run in the past. I always say uh, when Christian first came in, I said he's kind of like he reminds me of Marshall Falk, how they going to use him. Yeah, they use like this, uh, the Rams. They use Marshall Falk. They would run him. Uh, basically, they're almost similar in style of running. They're very elusive, uh, but they will run it between the tackles. But the Rams use him in the pass and the run game, and I think that's what the Panthers are going to do with Chris McCaffrey. But when he's out, the offense suffers. But Mike Davis, uh, he has to step up, and Mike can also catch the ball out the backfield. Let's not forget that. And then uh, a couple other injuries. Really, I, I mean – we're obviously still waiting to to see what Teddy Bridgewater's status. I think at, at this point, 
I'm just going to assume that he's going to play. He's, it does seem like he's kind of trending in that direction. I know he's limited in, in today's practice. So let's let's just we'll, we'll put off on the P.J. Walker talk. We'll, we'll pretend like we'll, Bridgewater's in. But um, Russell Okun, they're starting left tackle. Again, a guy who's missed a couple games in a row. Um, sounds like maybe he's trending towards missing this game. How is the offensive line held up without him? And how is the offensive line playing in general? Well, I tell you this, when it comes to the injury report, whether it's Russell Kuhn or it's Teddy Bridgewater or whether it's Matt Stafford and his thumb or whatever, yeah. I would tell people this. You want to look at Friday's report, mm-hmm. Friday's injury report. If you don't see a guy or you see someone who did not practice Friday, then more than likely they're not going to play on Sunday. Yeah. The reason why I say that is because Friday is the day that we, again, I'm talking about something that I know, not something that I heard, <laughs> when you practice on Friday, Friday is a practice where the teams go through, we go through everything we worked on that week, first first and second down, uh, third down, and then we do red zone, we do two minute. Friday is the day that they put everything together to see how it's going to fit for Sunday. And if a player does not participate a player cannot participate in wednesday practice they can be limited in thursday practice but if they miss friday's practice they pretty much not going to play so wait until friday to see who practices and who doesn't practice that'll be a great indication on who's going to play on sunday wise words from tyrone all right we're going to take our first break when we come back we're going to get into the matchups and give our predictions for sunday so stick around on first bite we'll be right back with tyrone pool former nfl cornerback Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, we are back on First Bite, previewing Lions versus Panthers with former NFL cornerback Tyrone Poole. Uh, And also he is the co-host of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. Um, Let's talk... We mentioned it briefly before you, you talked about the wide receivers there in Carolina. Um, Robbie Anderson is currently fifth in yards. DJ Moore is currently 10th in yards. So they got a lot going on in their in their wide receiver group. Lions cornerbacks, on the other hand, have struggled quite a bit so far this year. We, we talked about Jeff Okuda at the top, Amani Oruwarie, a second-year fifth-round pick. Um, 
playing okay. You got uh, Desmond Trufant playing okay at this point in his career. Um, do you view this as a, as a big mat, big mismatch up for, for Sunday, Tyrone? Well, I don't know if I consider it a big mismatch. I think it's all about the game plan. Uh, and if I know Matt Patricia and I know that defense, you know, the corners are not going to be stressed out. Uh, but uh, he will have a game plan that will put the corners, the secondary in the best position to make plays. But I think with the Panthers offense, they kind of mimic the New Orleans Saints. So if I am a secondary person and I play for the Detroit Lions, I'm going to go study that New Orleans Saints game where the Lions played the Saints. And I think you'll probably see the Panthers pull a lot of plays and try to mimic them when they play the Lions. So uh, because Joe Brady, of course, they have some connection with the Saints. You got um, Teddy Bridgewater, some connection with the Saints offense. So whatever problems the Lions struggle with in that Saints and Lions game, you need to go correct it because I believe that's what the Panthers are going to try to come and test you. Like I said, the NFL is a copycat league. You guys said it. They're going to come back. The Panthers are looking at that Saints-Lions game, and they're going to try to see and test the Lions and see how they fix that problem. That Yeah, that's that's a really good point. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders in that game had six catches, 93 yards. It seems like they, they beat them over the middle, a lot, a lot of crossing routes. Um, obviously, you guys have your own Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey, but he won't be playing in this game. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of parallels to be drawn there. Ryan, you had something to say? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you take a look at the other side of the ball. You know, you got the Lions offensive line versus the Panthers defensive line and and their pass rush. And one of the most prolific pass rushers in the NFL is Brian Burns. I, I think he he's doing an incredible job of getting after the quarterback. What can we expect from Carolina? Their defense has struggled a little bit, Tyrone, but when when you think about a guy like Brian Burns, who is somebody who a lot of Lions fans coveted in the draft, I mean is he a guy who's going to be a lot of problems for whoever's lining up under center for Detroit? Well, uh, here's what I look at. I look at as a whole, Brian Burns plays one eleven. Would that be correct? One eleven. Uh, that would be correct. <laughs> yeah, of, of, of a defense. So, you know, Jeremy Chin, you know, those guys, they come back healthy. Bostic, you know, uh, those guys come back healthy, uh, play healthy. Derek, uh, you know, D-line play healthy. I, I think the Panthers could cause some problems. Now, when I look at, I'm going to take it to another course here, still talking about defense. When you look at the teams that are tops in the NFL, and I'm a defensive guy, so if I ever became a head coach, so I'm going to get a defensive-minded guy from me. So I'd be kind of like a, um, uh, well, any, any coach that's a defensive-minded coach. But when you look at the top teams that are winning right now, you look at the Ravens, you look at the Rams, you look at the Steelers, you know, the Steelers record, they're 9-0, the Ravens 6-3, and the Rams 6-3. and You look at a scoring defense. Scoring defense is a premium. I don't care anything about how many total yards they get. They can go up and down the field every time and end up having 500-yard total offense. But if that scoreboard is less on our side than on their side, meaning – the Ravens, they're giving up 18.3. The Rams giving up 18.7. The Steelers, 19 points a game. So if we have more on offense and they have less, then you're going to win. So I think when you talk about Brian Burns, he is one part of 
a defense, but if they all play together, I think any defense has the ability to shut down the offense, but it starts with not letting someone score. Well, that that's a hallmark of Patriots defense, Tyrone. I mean, when, when you talk about whether or not it's Bill Belichick or you talk about Matt Patricia, it's all about bend but don't break. Once they get in that red zone, if you can limit a team to three points rather than seven, that's a huge deal, right? Yeah, a very huge deal. And not only limiting them to points, but then you got to stop the run. You got to stop the run. And we know neither one, <laughs> the, the Lions <laughs> or the Panthers can stop the run. I think, you know, you look at the Lions, they're averaging almost, uh, 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 what, 4.7 yards a game. And yeah. uh, Gary, should I say, in 141 yards a game. And then you got the Panthers, they're not doing no better, 4.8. <laughs> You know, give me the ball three times, you know, and that's the first down. Give it to me two times. <laughs> and all I'm looking for is one yard on third down. So, uh, but the Panthers are giving up 124 yards on the ground. So, again, if you look at the teams that win, you got to stop the run and you got to stop the team from putting up points. And again, you look at the Bucks, the Saints, the Colts, those teams have limited their opponents less than 100 yards a game. Yeah, and you know the, the the Lions' identity on offense, especially after last week, you get DeAndre Swift in his first career start, and he, he blows up. He goes for 150 total yards. Um, I think that could be a, a mismatch in this game, uh, something that at least the Lions are going to try to exploit. Um, kind of along those same lines, I, I know you talk about the defense being a whole as a unit, but I know there are a lot of Lions fans out there that were looking at Derrick Brown in the draft this year and, and thinking maybe he'd be a really good fit for the Detroit because he is kind of that run stuffer, and, and we are looking for – for I, I think the Lions are looking for their identity to be just as you said, stop the run first. That's how you win in this league. So do you, do you have any? I know it's early in his career. I know um, again, shortened off season, all that sort of stuff. But do you have any kind of first impressions with how he's personally playing so far? Well, you know, Derrick Brown. I think uh, any rookie, any rookie. Uh, I think you get a pass on your first year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's usually that sophomore year when you come back that you really, 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 even as a fan even as a fan, you give them a pass, any rookie, give them a pass on that first year. Come back that second year and see how they perform the whole 16 games. The reason why I say that is I don't care if it's a quarterback, a defensive back, wide receiver, whoever, Derrick Brown. Teams got to have a full season to look at game film of that player. Then they come back and try to figure out, okay, this, these, these are the weaknesses for this player. This, These are the strengths for that player. You know, you go look at Lamar Jackson and that Baltimore Ravens offense. They were dominating last year. But these coaches are very, 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 very smart. So they went and studied the Ravens offense. And now Lamar is not having that spectacular season like he had. He's still doing pretty good, but not like he was doing last year. So, again, that's why I always say give guys, whether it's Derrick Brown, the D lineman for the Panthers, or whoever is a rookie, give them that first year as a pass. Don't think just because they had a great rookie year that they're going to have a great pro career. Come back and evaluate them after that sophomore year. Did you hear that, Lions fans? (laughs) <laughs> we do Thank not you. need to rush to judgment about Jeff Okuda. We got it from a a vet that <laughs> we need to take our time with our number three overall pick. Yes. Give him time. Give him time. It's just like anything. Give it time. It'll work. Just like taking an aspirin. Give it time. A <laughs> <laughs> <The> headache. <laughs> All right. Last matchup before we go into our predictions. Um, Lions wide receiving core. We, we don't know who we're going to get this week. Kenny Galladay returned to practice on Wednesday, but Marvin Jones and Danny Amendola were out. 
Um, I, I'd say of those two, Marvin Jones is probably more likely to play. He finished the game on Sunday. Danny Amendola didn't. But again, we kind of like you said, we have to kind of wait till Friday to see exactly what's happening there. Um, but I think kind of the maybe more interesting part of this matchup is, is again, on the Panthers side, because you have that that entire we didn't even mention it. But this this draft, the, the Panthers draft was all defense. It was literally all seven picks were on defense. And two of those guys are starting in the secondary. And that's Troy Pride. Uh, corner and and Jeremy Chin, as you mentioned earlier. So um, Tyrone, how's the secondary been playing? And let's assume that the lines are are close to full health. How do you think uh, they'll perform against this kind of young secondary? Well, again, I'm a defensive minded person. And and one thing I look at is completion, completion. How much or what's the percentage that teams are completing against you? Uh, Because they actually do it as players. At the end of the season, they look at literally look at how many times you were targeted as a cornerback and they look at how many passes were completed against you. And then they take that and say, okay, hey, we either need to replace this guy. We need to work on his technique. We need to get rid of this guy. You know? So (laughs) when you look at defenses, you look at the actual lions, their total defense pass completion is like 65%. Offenses opponents are completing 65% of their passes. Okay. Uh, With the Panthers, is 69 percent so you know whether it's check downs or whether just just throwing the curl or throwing the dig route of the post the offensive team is completing a high percentage now again i just i'm I'm a numbers guy you look at the steelers they're nine and oh their opponents offensively are completing 56 percent wow so you know the 69 by the panthers 65 by the Lions, 56 by the Steelers. Okay, so that tells you a lot right there. So, again, these these receivers of the Panthers, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, you know, Curtis Samuel, they do have the opportunity with the ability to make it tough for that Lions uh, uh, defense. And, again, Teddy Bridgewater is that guy. He's going to throw it to the open guy. So he's always going to be throwing it to an open guy. And uh, But neither defense is pretty much shutting down their opposition's offense. So I believe both Matt Stafford um, with his thumb, even if even though his thumb is, is jacked up, I think he's still going to be able to complete some passes. And Teddy Bridgewater uh, with his knee, I, I believe he's going to play. You know, he's going to complete some passes. So it's just going to be who can keep the opposition's offense from making big plays. I think that's who's going to win. All right. Well, that again, an, a very good segue into our prediction segment. Um, this is what we what we call the one thing we think we know. So it's not necessarily score prediction or who you think is going to win. Although if you want to go that way, you can. It's one aspect of the game that you think you know is going to happen. And so we'll start off with Ryan. Ryan's what, what's the one thing you think you know about Lions versus Panthers? I always kick things off and I always want to provide a wonderful template for our guest and <laughs> The one thing that I think I know is that Mike Davis is going to go for at least 150 all-purpose yards. I Look, I mean, Ty- Tyrone mentioned earlier, you know, he's got hands. He's got the ability to run the ball. I think that what the Panthers want to do on offense is they want to extend drives. I think they want to have long drives that end in points. And if they want to do that, I think they want to go to their running back more often than they want to try to take – big explosive chunk plays because if they want to try to get in a track meet with the lions, if Matthew Stafford's healthy, I don't think that they want to get into that fight. I don't think they want to try to go up and down the field with the lions. I think that what the Panthers want to do is they want to try to drag 
drives out. They want to try to score points at the end of it. So I think they're going to go to Mike Davis an awful lot more than than people might think. Interesting. I have I have a tad more faith in the Lions run defense. I know they just got blown up by Minnesota a couple weeks ago, but they've been generally better outside of the bye week. But who knows? Who knows at this point that the Lions still don't have Trey Flowers. And I think he was a big part of, of their run defense success as well. All right, Tyrone, what's the one thing you think you know about week 11 in the NFL? Well, I'll tell you what. Now, you got two teams. You talk about the Lions. Uh, they come out the Washington Redskins game. I think everybody was excited about the performance. You know, they uh, were up, what, 24 to 10 uh, before allowing the uh, Redskins to come back and, you know, now escaping with a 30 to 27 win. Uh, so that tells me that the Lions can be explosive on offense and they can control the pace on defense. Then you flip it over, you look at the Panthers. They go and play the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, everybody know about the Chiefs. Cheese, 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 cheese. You know, I think <laughs> so you got an offense that went up to KC and they were going blow for blow with the Chiefs. Now, of course, you know, Chris McCaffrey, uh, you know, he was playing. But uh, when I look at this game, it depends on who shows up. Teddy Bridgewater, he shows up. He's healthy. He has shown me that he can throw the ball and he can keep up with Matt Stafford, I believe. So I think it's going to come down again to turnovers who can get the most turnovers and who can get off the field on third down. So I think, you know, the Panthers can have an opportunity against the lions. So I'm going to hold my prediction until after the game. How about that? Oh, <laughs> withholding. After the game. But, you know, I, I think it's going to be a great game. I, I think it's going to be a great game, but of course, you know, I'm a side with the Panthers. Got to side with the Panthers. That's who listened to my voice. Uh, <laughs> unless you guys get me to come up to Detroit, you pay my rent. Then I come stay in Detroit and I talk everything, all things Detroit <laughs> Lions, you know, but um, I think it's going to be a good game, guys. I think it could be a anywhere from a, a, a 30, I'm saying a 31, uh, 28 game. I'm going to lean towards the uh, Panthers because they have shown me they can't be explosive. And this is all that Teddy Bridgewater is able to go full speed. Interesting. Yeah, I think I'm with you with a high scoring game. We we just got done talking about how both defenses are struggling both against the run and the pass. So I think I think you're on the right track there. Um, the one you know what? I'm going to do something unprecedented and do two things. I think I know because we didn't talk enough about because mine one was going to be something on about the, the Panthers offense as well. And I'll say it right now. I think Curtis Samuel is the X factor to, to watch in this game. He's one of those quick slot receivers and he's a guy that they also use in the backfield a little. He's a guy that runs the ball a little bit out of the backfield. And he's the kind of guy that against the saints, they struggled with Emmanuel Sanders, kind of a similar player. So I think Curtis Samuel is their leading yard, all purpose yard getter on Sunday. And then on offense, I think we're going to see the DeAndre Swift show 2.0. I think we're going to see him again go for over 150 all-purpose yards. Um, Swift ball is here. It's happening. So there we go. Curtis Samuel, DeAndre Swift. Those are your two X factors for both teams. That's my prediction for the game. Lots Uh, of offense. Lots of offense. Lots of offense. Uh, before we go, Tyrone, let me give you a chance to, to plug. Where can people find you on Twitter? Where they can where can they listen to your podcast? Anything else out there that, that people need to know about? 
Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Uh, I'll start my foundation. You know, those who want to donate, uh, even though you're up in Michigan, Detroit, you know, it doesn't matter because we're all trying to build champions in the community. And that's what my foundation does. Uh, Tyrone Pool 38 Foundation. Uh, we try to reform, refill and restore ultimate success in families' lives through fitness, education, and humanitarian work. So if you want to learn more about it, you can go to TyronePool38Foundation.org. Again, it's TyronePool38Foundation, O to the R to the G. And you can follow me on social media at TyronePool38. That's my brand. (laughs) 38 was my number if you kind of thinking about it, but TyronePool38 on all my social medias and also uh, believe at uh, Believe in Panther uh, podcast. So that's where you can hear about more Panther uh, football. Perfect. All right, Tyrone Poole, thank you again for joining us. Good luck on Sunday. Good luck with your podcast and your foundation. Definitely going to check that out. Uh, Thank you all for listening, and we will see you guys Sunday after the game. to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 